every freaking second of the day, I'm going to do it. Everybody wants to be mother freaking wealthy. Are you willing to adapt? Are you willing to change? How uncomfortable are you willing to get? How willing are you going to be to allow me to help you? This is a marathon, not a sprint. You give up your right to be average and ordinary. You gotta show up earlier, you gotta be here later, you gotta hit harder, be more productive, be more focused. If you don't see it that way, you will fail at it. You guys have been the pillar and the backbone of Planet First Life now for quite some time. Keep growing. Good morning, everybody. Andrew Taylor here. Sean, thank you for joining us. We got a few questions lined up for you today. Thank you. First of all, thank you for that conference. That was amazing. Dude, it's uh, way too see what we do this month. I think the funny thing is you watch um, the energy. Obviously, that amount of people in one place is pretty crazy, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was the way everybody poured out and shared everything that was on their heart and their mind. And that's what I love the most about the company. Probably if you ask me to get one thing is that everybody's willing to share everything. Hey, here's how I do it. Here you go. Like, I love that. Like, you know what I mean? Not like, <clears throat> here's how I do it, but you know what? I don't No, Tell me exactly what you do in every appointment. Tell me exactly what you say when you recruit, tell me exactly what you do with your staff. So I just think that teamwork, I've never felt uh, more of a team synergy. Yeah. Um, Why do you anything? think some people think like they have to keep their secrets to themselves? And those are the people that never really have a big business. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, you know, I, I like to try to think the best out of people, right? Like, you know, maybe there's a reason they do that. But I, I, I think that, you know, growing up and again, I, I harp on this a lot because it's true. You know what I mean? Like if you were to talk to depends on how you grew up, like my kids would say, you know, you, you, they know, like if you get back, share, work your butt off, compete with people, treat them right. It's kind of like you said the other day, you were talking to factory fresh. You're like, Hey, um, I sold my house that I had sold it to his friend, you know, and boom, the market exploded and look how much he made. And you said, that's cool. I like him a lot. I'm glad it worked out for him. See, that's the way things work. You didn't sell it for whatever, knowing it'd be worth that much more in a year, but you just sold it. You're not begrudging the person going, you know what? Good. I think when you, people that have been successful realize that to be successful, everybody needs to win. And I think, I mean, in your team, like everybody has to win. It's not about you winning so much and you not tell, because if you're not willing to help anybody else win, they're not going to, they're not going to help you win. You don't know everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a, you know, I keep talking about this broke mindset, but it's so true. We spent years and years and years. We're growing up. You know, it's beaten into us to just like, you know, to kind of if you do something, you know, keep it to yourself. Don't share anything you're doing. It's good. If you're making some money, you know, what I mean, just go try to find a good job. Be scared of losing your good job. Be good to your boss. You know, all that kind of stuff. Don't try to get too much. Don't try to get ahead. You could get hurt. It could be hard. You could lose money, all that kind of stuff. And it's ingrained in us. That's just a broke mentality. People that have had success don't do that. They don't go like now again, they don't trade trade secrets. Right. But I'm talking about you work in a company with other people. Why would you not be better off the company grows? The greatest recruiting tool that Family First Life has is that we just, you know, in life and annuity. Like, that's our biggest recruiting tool. So we go to next year. That's our biggest recruiting tool. Why would you not want everybody to win around you? So I think it's insecurity. I think it's lack of, of, of confidence. And a lot of people that come across like they're overly confident, they're not. And and listen, sometimes I just want to, there's reasons people feel that way. But at the end of the day, you'll never grow a big business. You're right, Andrew. If it's about like, look what I have and I'm not going to share it with anybody. And I also, here's my deal. I wasn't afraid. 
I would tell first of all, Andrew, we were not on the same team in the previous company. Fair enough. Yeah. Now we still shared that the company grows, but there really wasn't a big push for any of that. It was very much in a silo. We were very much taught to compete against each other. We were, yeah. Which didn't work, and I knew it wouldn't work. It didn't make any sense, but that's fine. But even knowing that that was the environment and the culture, forget about you because I liked you. There was people I didn't necessarily take to. I would still share everything I did because, number one, there's hundreds of millions of people, and everybody needs life insurance. So if I didn't share it, I could be hurting clients. Number two, I was just going to outwork you. Like I was going to tell you exactly what I was doing and then kick your ass. That's it. I was like, here's exactly what I do. Take it. Call him on this day. Say this. Call me if you need if you have some. And then let's compete. Let's see who's willing to run more appointments. Let's see who's willing to take more no's. I think that was my attitude. But I wanted. I was pulling for you. I was just wasn't pulling against me. I wasn't pulling against you. I'm an adult, and I think that I think that you have to understand the bit. You will hit a lid. There is the law of the lid. You will hit a lid if you don't understand that this is about serving as many people as you can. Yeah, I used to get upset. Like thinking back to year one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would get upset if I tried to recruit someone mm-hmm. and then Mark Mead got them. Mm-hmm. And then there was this point where I just realized there's so much out there Correct. that I don't need to sweat anything. Well, that was always weird to me too, because even before we, we ran Fan First Life, my deal was there are millions of agents. If Tom doesn't want to work with me, so what? Yeah. And by the way, if Tom doesn't want to work with me, why do I want to work with Tom? Like, I, I guess I just was like, you know, he, and, and again, he's not going to get anything really different from you or Mark than me. You know, maybe I'll connect with him more than you do. Maybe you connect with him more than I do, but the system's all the same. The train's all the same. The leads are all the same. The CRM's all the same. Um, you know, we're going to keep being um, creative and growing as a company and, and being, you know, forward thinking. But I think that's when you think small minded. You know, I was never like that with one individual or one individual policy. Those people like, you know, I got a client in America. And I'm like, okay, okay. Take a breath. If it's about getting the client life insurance, we'll do it. And you don't understand. It was $211 a month. And, if I, and I go, hey, let me ask you something. How much did you issue last month? Because you know what? I've never had Easton Patton call me about that. Yeah. Never. I've never had any Hall of Fame <laughs> producer call. But you don't understand. It's it's the person that writes dude, two policies a month. You told me that one time. You go, dude, if you write a week, all these little problems that you have will go away. They will not be there. So <laughs> the lead just... credit you're mad about, mm-hmm. the... Whatever it is, what upset you, the employee that you're mad or the person you hired that you're mad at because whatever, you just stop. Correct. Please. Because it does make every problem go away. Because the real, the, the, the origin of the problem 99% of the time is my financial situation is not where it needs to be. And this happening alters that and makes me nervous, uncomfortable, stressful, as opposed to here's what I'm writing. I'm crazy consistent. I'm doing this. People are going to cancel on occasion. This guy's not going to write business. This one's going to do something to lead. Like, what do you want me to do? And, and I think that was always my deal running the company. We're going to do enough where these problems aren't going to be problems. I think most of the people we allegedly compete with are mired in all this stupid stuff. We're just not. It's going to keep yeah. growing, dude. Yeah. All right. Question at Alex Peraza TV. How much, how much to pay a recruiter as a 30K producer? Okay. I don't know what that means. Me neither, but let me answer it. Alex Prize of TV. Well, that's an interesting handle. Wow. How much to pay a recruiter as a 30K producer? Okay, so I'm going to answer it as if I'm, if I'm a third, if I'm a, first of all, how much to pay a recruiter? Pay your staff well. Okay. Um, everybody has an area. If I'm in, I'm in Vegas, Andrew, what's a, what's a salary? I mean, an hourly rate here. You know what's sad? What? Drew, what's minimum wage here? 
I think it's like. F- I think it just like went to twenty something. Dude, no, it's I, like f- seven or eight bucks. Eight, no, it's more than eight. And it's no, less I, than I thought 20. it. No, it's, I will. You uh, have, before 18, you look it up, I you want to? Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet you. What do you want to bet? There's more than eight. Okay, it's not more than right ten. Now? It is more than ten. <laughs> I, I'll go. It's more than ten. McDonald's is more than ten. How much you want to bet? Nevada minimum it, wage. Before you do it, how much? Thousand bucks. <laughs> oh. You want to do five hundred? We do hundred. Make you feel better. Cool. All right, hundred. Hundred bucks. I bet it's okay. over ten dollars. Okay. Nevada yep. minimum. No, he's gonna. It's screwed up because like all these host positions and casino, the whole deal. But I. I want. <coughs> how much? Nine dollars and seventy-five cent per hour. Knock it off. I don't believe it. Let me see. Get out of here. Why is your font like? Is Nevada going on? <clears throat> Nevada state minimum wage. Hold on. This is the greatest. It just went from seven dollars and twenty five cents to nine seventy five. You're entitled to be paid the higher state minimum wage. This is greater than the federal minimum. Federal minimum wage is seven dollars twenty five cents. Federal. I didn't know that. <clears throat> well, hundred bucks. You should have bet me a thousand. I know, dude. God, no. I guts, was pretty so. confident, but you were so it. confident. I was like, yeah, you should, <laughs> I was just bluffing you. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, where did I get and twenty from? Oh, you're you're awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Drew. Dude, Nevada minimum wage was last changed in two thousand eight when it was raised two dollars and ninety cents from six eighty five to nine seventy five. Nevada's minimum wage rate is linked to a consumer price. Are you sure? Has a rate yeah, I don't. Rate? I feel like it oh. is. I nope, remember he has a rate at the bottom of minimum wage for 2021, 2022. 2022's minimum wage is $9.75 an hour. $390 for a 40-hour work week. $20,280. My guess would be, I know, but my guess would be, if I, I mean, Nevada has so many tip that's, posi- that's has why, to be. yeah. But, but anyway, so that being said, let's say the average, like like if you were in Florida and you said, hey, it's $14, $15 bucks to get somebody, I'll pay him 20 you know, I guess the other thing is, dude, I was never trying to figure out how little I could pay. I was trying for how much I could pay. And that sounds weird, but it's how I've always done it. So if you go this now, again, I don't know you, but I'm picking you because I think you're good. And if you can get, you know, 17 bucks to work somewhere, it's not so great. I pay you 20 and then I show you how we grow it and get you to 30, 40, 50 bucks an hour. That's what I want to do. Same thing with the agents and producers. I'm going to do the exact same thing with staff. I want a bunch of staff to make a bunch of money, like just like you guys do. So I think that... um you know, I, I don't know the 30k producer. I mean, I think anybody selling that level needs to have a have a staff and have a recruiter no matter what. I will tell you this: um, while I don't understand the question completely, I do know that it's hard to have staff if you're not, and it's hard to have someone good if you're not willing to pay them. No, and 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 people do that. By the way, cheap is ugly. Cheap is ugly on everybody. We have people that we work with that people go. I go, what's wrong with that person? He's cheap. And then I go to the guy, I go, you know, everybody thinks you're cheap. He goes, no, they don't. Like, Did you tell me he's cheap? Because everybody knows cheap. Well, you want me to tell him? Yeah. Like, you've all been to lunch and dinner, and there's guys that never picked up a check. We have people that have been with us eight years. They're Hall of Fame, not picking up a check. They're Hall of Fame, got to go to the bathroom. Hall of Fame, look down. Hall of Fame, I dropped my phone. Hall of Fame, I got a phone come, call coming in. They're Hall of Fame, not paying a check. Hall of Famers. And I won't let you pay a check if you're with me. Like, I will, I will fight you because I don't want you paying for my check, right? Like, I've been doing this today. We had no money. You had more money than me. We we're going to lunch and dinner, but I didn't want you paying for my check. Freaks me out. Does that make sense? Like, you try to leapfrog, tell the waiter, but uh uh-uh. uh. Like, I'm like, I will lose my mind. Hey, Drew, would you, would you be as motivated to work as hard as you do if you were making 25% of what you're making? Um, of course not, dude. I, hey, by the way, you wouldn't be here. So here's yeah. the story, right? Like, and Factor, you don't mind if we share this, do you? Share what? 
Well, you don't know yet. So <laughs> if you don't like it, you don't like it. It's, it's live. There's nothing you can do. All right. So he's making a good salary at a previous job. Yeah. He comes in here. We meet him. He's making a good salary. Like, he is not broke. He's making a good salary. And you're like, you like him a lot. And I like him a lot. And I don't even know half what he's saying, which means he's really good. Because I don't know what he's talking about. But he seems pretty damn confident of what he can do here from a tech standpoint, from all the stuff we're looking at now is because he's here. And that was a lot of money. Because you never paid anybody that kind of money before. And yep. I, and I'm like, dude, I would just give him, I'd give him more than he's getting his job. And then if he comes back, give me more. Like, he's worth it. Like, we have staff that are like that, too. I didn't know what to do with him, but I'm like, I need to hire him or her. I don't necessarily know what to, we knew, you knew what to do with, with Andrew. You know what you wanted him to do. But at the end of the day, had you been cheap and been like, I'm not doing that. I'll pay him 25 grand less than he's. Would you have come over here, factory, and left your job if you were getting 25 grand less with Andrew Taylor? No, because that was Cor- part of the term. There, I was. I was at a job where I could uh, I saw myself retiring at, so correct. Just needed to make sense. Correct, and it made sense. The money made sense. You liked Andrew. You knew him. You weren't concerned, but well, you weren't going to leave the job for for less money. Listen to this. Yeah, well, I was going to say concerned, uh, just because integrity was right around the corner, and that was really brand new. So I was a little hesitant. And he was like, "Do you need me to get Sean Mike on the phone?" I was like, "No." So, but it was uh, yeah. You're like, no, I don't, I don't believe him. Hey, He'll he's got pretty me. good job security, though, huh? Yeah, he's got really good job security. God knows what he's doing back there. He's definitely good job security. <laughs> no, no but I'm saying like Dude, he's, he's going valuable nowhere. for he's everybody. Insanely valuable. He ain't going yeah. nowhere. No, it's but I mean my but we you would never be here, Andrew, had had Andrew Taylor done this whole like what can I get him to work for as opposed to what can I pay him? Correct. And I think that's what's made us great. What can we we do the exact same thing with bonuses, agents, comp, what can we pay out? Not how much can we keep, how much can we afford to pay out? When you start doing that, do the whole world changes. What can I afford to pay out? So, I, you know, and again, if you're, sell, if you're not in the field a month, you probably can't afford a staff. So don't hire one. I'm not trying to be funny, but don't hire one at a real small hourly wage. Be upset with them, they're upset with you. Then I mean, who you think you're going to hire at their rate when they can go take a job and make five bucks more an hour? And by the way, they should be just like producers. If you're paying them 12 in Nevada, and I offer them 25. Dude, I don't care if you've known them for 15 years. I doubled their salary. They're going to leave you and come work with me. As long as the job is like, you know, as long as it's something they think they can do, they're not going to get fired in a month. So um, pay them. Don't be cheap. And for those of you that are, and you probably know who you are, and if some of the people you work with are cheap, stop telling me they're cheap. Tell them they're cheap. Be nice. Hey, what did we say when people say when we go, hey, do you want to donate to... <laughs> to this oh cause <laughs> what was it this all this is the cheap person's out um i do their voice i would i would definitely help i have a lot of things when committed to myself outside of there and that's just why i don't do it but thanks for asking it's like you mother freaking liar you don't pay nobody nothing you don't give back at all <clears throat> i'm not a charge to go to hell but i'm just anyway you don't give nothing back ever you're cheap it's all about you. Everything is about you. Every dollar you keep is about you. You don't save your way to, to a big business. And again, cheap's ugly. Cheap is ugly. And it just is. We have people that are. And the people jokingly will joke with them about it. And it's like, dude, it's not funny. You know? I, Andrew, I think when you first started with us, I think you were cheaper. You're not a cheap person at all. It was but, definitely cheaper. But you were like, that was your concept of business. How much can I keep? Which is, yeah, the the example I gave you is my concept of business would be like, okay, I'm going to hire someone to do construction. What's the least amount I can pay them? They're going to do a really bad job, and it's going to cost me way more money in the long run. 
What I learned is I go, dude, let's pay the guy good just because he deserves to get paid good. He's going to do a good job. Correct. He does a good job. You're happy. He's happy. You have a good relationship. He'll probably do business with you anyways. Whatever. And to save what? Like, I know. You know, like, yes, you want to you want to pay attention to what's going on. I get it. But at the end of the day, dude, and you can see it with people that have stuff done. You're like, oh, that's like you you found the cheapest person. I always say if you were going to get a medical procedure, would you find the cheapest person? I and mean, would you go like, you know what? How much are you? Like, how cheap are you? You know what I mean? I, no, you're like, I, I might cost this. Dude, if you cost more, you're probably better. You know what I mean? I think that's the that's the concept. It's It's kind of like you want it to work. Right. Like, like I have a shark. Right. Because <clears throat> I love sharks. You know, what I mean, right. Well, I do. I love sharks. So, I mean, I like to catch them and stuff, whatever. And and I don't like the ones that bite human beings for no reason. They're not my friend. They're my enemy. So I catch them and they don't bite nobody anymore. OK, we take care of them. But like what if I found somebody cheat to put shark tank together? Sharks probably dead. You know, like it, it's like I like it and it looks really cool and and I enjoy looking at the sharks and the way they move and the things they do and and knowing that I've taken out some of their relatives. I mean, maybe they're related to them. I don't know. You know, Dude, you know, what's funny talking about being cheap. Trey, a few years ago, took a Spirit Airlines flight to save like a hundred bucks. And I told him, dude, don't do yeah, it. Save right? bucks, like for save hundred dollars. And then I guess he had to park at this terminal that was way out of the way. Mm-hmm. And he ended up um, missing the meeting completely and getting stuck in like Texas because yeah. there were no flights for some weird reason. Right. Every other airline was working. And then I'm like, dude, every time you're cheap, <coughs> it backfires. I, I just I just know that the minute we started opening up our our wallet, if you will, to, to causes. I mean, when I say us meeting Pastor Matthew in the Dream Center changed our life, it, it changed our life, you know? And, and I think when you see what we're able to do with that and how far that goes, I think it's just, uh, it's been absolutely amazing, you know? So I, I, I just, you know, and I think people that work with us, a lot of them, you know, yeah, yeah, we have great, we have all those things, we have great comp, we have all those I agree with all that, but I can tell you, I, I do believe a big part of it is they do want to make a difference in the world. They do. Yeah. I think they want to make a difference outside of their little spot of the world. It doesn't mean that we're all going to go out there and, you know, be world renowned people, but it means that we're going to make the world a better place that, you know, a hundred or 200 dollars to somebody that's busted or a thousand bucks or giving dream center a hundred dollars a month or, you know, helping feed, you know, eight, how many thousands of people a day that are starving and homeless. That's life changing stuff, dude life changing stuff. And I think, I think, um, I just, I'm telling you, when you look at the people that are grown it immensely, like I was never, you know, there's, there's one thing about getting in a month quickly, but when you get to two, three, four, five, and Richard just kept going, like he didn't hit it and go like, ah, he hit it and kept going. And the dude's always been one to give back. If he gets it, he's like, yeah, I mean, I have enough for me and my family. Like let's, how can I give? And, and I think Trey's, you know, completely spun around on that. And, and again, for me, I don't, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying that if, if it's all about you and only you the entire time, um, you know, we asked everybody to pay it forward. We launched a company. How much can we give back? A lot of people make a lot more money. We were for years and years and years and years, but we expect you to do the same thing with everybody else. We just think that that's the right thing to do. Love it, man. All right. Question at FFL America. 
American Omega Group. Looking back over the past eight years, are there one or two things you wish you would have done differently for the company? Man, there's a lot of things I wish I had done differently. Um, I wish I'd gotten more passionate about recruiting earlier. I think that um, we definitely wanted to improve people's situations, but we were growing and I wasn't lazy, but I just think I wasn't as passionate today, passionate then as I am today about it. Today, it like burns inside me every day when I wake up, like who's out there and not being treated right and how do we get them out of there and get them over here? You know, who doesn't have a license that should have a license that can sell life insurance? Who can I recruit today? Who can I talk to today? Who can I hire today? Who do I used to work with? Who's in the business, out of the business? Who's back in the business? Who can I fly in and meet with? Like, like who can I get in front of? Um, I wish I was much more. We did a very good job in the sales end. Um, but I think that we, um, we really, we, we just, I know I, I missed the boat on the recruiting side. And I think that, you know, Andrew, I got real passionate about it a couple of years ago. You guys started doing what you're doing with social media and it exploded. And I got even more, I got even more passionate about it. Um, the other thing I, I think I would probably, you know, sound might sound weird, but I would have been, I think a lot more aggressive earlier regarding um, these office locations. I just think I would have been, I think had we talked more about it, um, there were things we would have done differently had we had the office space, like, you know, adding in a hybrid approach, phone and Zoom. I think if I had been more effective and more committed two years ago, two and a half years ago to, you know, open the offices, grand openings, tracking to get into four or five, six, seven hundred offices, I think we would have had more congruency, more structure. I just wasn't. We were just working and it's like you had an office you did, you didn't, you didn't. I didn't really get involved to try to help out in any way. I mean I wanted to help, but I didn't really know what to do and I wasn't really pushing it. And I didn't realize how much of a disservice that that was to our to the sales force. So those are two things. There's many, but those are two that pop up um pretty quickly for me. That's that's awesome. All right. this question's from at FFL.aria. What are some of the key qualities that you identify in leaders, meaning what's the best way to identify someone on your team who is best suited for building a big business? People that are accountable, people that genuinely care about other people, people that work hard, people that have good communicative skills verbally. You don't have to be the most well-written person because, you know, you're not going to be sending novels to people. But can you communicate effectively? Um, You know, do you genuinely care when you're communicating? Do you try to make a difference? Uh, do people after they're done talking, you feel better or worse? That's the only thing I look at. Like, how do people feel when they're around you? You know, when you show up, do I mean every day, dude? You think I feel like, you know, like bringing it? No, I mean I have life, I have stuff, and it might have me pissed off for forty five minutes before the meeting. But once the meeting starts, dude, I owe it to everybody, myself, anybody else in the company to to do the best I can to bring as much. Um, not only just information and energy, but I want people to be happy, joy, and belief. I want, I want to leave that room and people to go like, dude, I believe I can do this. Not, oh, my God, that person's so great. No, I believe I can do this. Like, I want to look into people's eyes and go like, dude, I know you can do this. Like, that's my favorite thing when people go, do you remember me? I was at this meeting, and you looked right at me and said, here's how you, I believe in you. Here's why I believe in you. You should do this. And the funny thing is I do because those are important things to me, and I can remember, you know, those moments. I really can. And, uh it's uh, their life changing. So I think those are things you can see. Also, people that are really good at, at um, not keeping the credit. Um, nobody likes, they'll work with you for a little bit, but they'll, they'll, they'll turn on you. Nobody likes a glory hound. 
they they're okay early on if it's yielding some results, but when the dust settles and you just keep telling everybody how great you are, um, you know, they're not good promoters of other people. They're good promoters of themselves. You know, are you, are you promoting all the people on your team, what they're doing, what they're not doing? If you can do that, do this life change. And so I think all those things, there's, there's some more, but I, I'd start with those things. And, um, you know, they, they don't, they don't have bad days. You know, I'm just, they don't, they just, they keep it moving. They have life like everybody else and they keep it moving. And I think that's pretty powerful. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you for coming in. Thank you, man. We will see you guys next week, uh, Saturday morning, 8 a.m. Pacific. And we'll see you then. See you guys. Thanks, guys.